Stem Cells at Lunch Digested is brought to you by the Centre for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine at King's College London. Um, hello, this is Dr. Shinidu, um, known as Bebe, and I'm um, doing the podcast today for Stem Cells at Lunch with um, Professor Anatoly Zayat. Uh, just to introduce myself, I'm one of the PhD students here at the Centre, I'm a joint student with the Francis Crick Institute, where I'm a doctoral clinical fellow. Uh, my background is that I'm a dermatologist and I'm doing a project in single cell transcriptomics of the sebaceous gland within the skin. So my uh, interviewee today is Professor Anatoly Zayat, so uh, would you like to introduce yourself as well? I'm a professor of physics at Physics Department, King's College London, and I also co-director of London Centre for Nanotechnology. Uh, primarily, my personal research is focused on how light interacts with small structure, and based on this interaction, we develop various applications um, in photonics, optoelectronics, data processing, um, and healthcare as well. Great. So, um, just to understand a bit of how you ended up in this position, can you just go through a bit of your background and what you did prior to being in this role? Oh, this was a very long, it's a very long journey, and it will take some some time if I go to all the details. But um, generally, I studied and I got my PhD from Moscow Institute of Physics and Technology. It was a long time ago during Soviet Union time. Wow. And then uh, I was doing postdoc and held some position in Denmark, um, Germany, United States. Then I was for about 10 years at Queen's University in Belfast. Okay. And I moved to King's College about 10 years ago. And where are you from originally? Uh, originally I'm from Ukraine. Ukraine, I see. So you've lived all over the world then? <laughs> uh, more or less. Yeah. And... Um, now you're one of the co-directors for the London Centre for Nanotechnology, which sounds very fascinating to me as a clinician. I've not really come across much nanotechnology before, so could you explain to me um, in as simple terms as possible what, what it means? Well, nanotechnology, uh, I'm sure you came across nanotechnology many, many times, because okay. every time you use mobile phone, you use some kind of nanotechnology, yeah. you use internet, you use computer, okay. nanotechnology is everywhere, sure. everywhere in our life, and we define nanotechnology um, as um, that we try to fabricate, manipulate, control and study properties of matter and light on um, sub-micron scales, so it could be 1 nanometer, 20 nanometer, 100 nanometer, up to a few hundred nanometers. So all objects that we would define as, as um, objects related to nanotechnology and we study their properties, both electrical properties, optical, chemical, etc. Okay, so for example in a mobile phone, what part of a mobile phone includes nanotechnology and how does that work? Uh, part of mobile phone, including technology, lots of things are first starting from um, semiconductor chips in okay. a computer, the same semiconductor chips in your mobile phone that process information, um, display, which essentially consists of very small pixels, yeah. and again, um, the light generated on very small region in order to produce image. 
and um, there are um, lots of other technology inside mobile phone that yeah. relates on this nanoscale interaction of light and matter. Okay. And um, for example, why it is different this interaction on, uh, on nanoscale compared yeah. to a kind of standard material. For example, imagine gold. Yeah. So we know color of gold. It's gold color, yeah. essentially. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. However, if you make particles like 100 nanometer or 50 nanometer or 10 nanometer size, the color of gold will change. It, it can be red, can be bluish, can be greenish, so depending on size of the nanoparticle, yeah. uh, the color of gold will be different. For example, everyone knows stained windows, mm -hmm. stained windows in medieval churches. And these bright colors, like red, green colors, from in these windows, it comes from nanoparticles inside glass. And if you change material of nanoparticles from gold, silver, copper, and change size of these nanoparticles, and you achieve these bright colors that you have in stained glasses. And they're very stable. If you compare colors of the stained glass uh, to colors of the paintings from the same period, uh, you will see that paintings usually already and like and have bleak colors, but stained glass is still very bright because this colors is related to metal particles which are not subject to, to bleaching. I see. So if my understanding is correct, when things become nano, they acquire different physical properties. That, different physical and that properties. allows unique applications, exactly. essentially. Exactly. Okay. Cool. I never knew that before. <laughs> I just thought it was small. <laughs> well, it's small, but it's also different. It's different. So okay. If you make if you make something small, it acquires new properties. It okay. Different. Yeah. And how do you make things really small? Well, there are diff there are different there are different approaches. There is so-called top-down approach when you start with something big, yeah, and then using. Um, kind of modern fabrication tool, yeah. nano fabrication tool, you cut from this big object like small objects. Or you can do all the way around, you can start with atoms and molecules and assemble uh, like nanoparticles out of molecules, the so called bottom up approach, and then you can assemble like small um, metal particles using these uh, chemical approaches. Um, so-called quantum dots, which has completely different properties from bulk semiconductors, um, etc. So these two approaches, either starting from something uh, big and then make it small, or starting from something very small, the atomic molecule, and make it like nanoparticle within uh, like a nanometer scale range. Wow, okay, cool. So in terms of um you know, projects that you're currently working on um, at the London Centre of Nanotechnology. Can you give an example of something that um, you're working on that you find exciting or interesting to share? Well, everything, everything that we're working on is exciting and interesting to share. Yeah. Because, uh, because usually whatever you're working on right now is yeah. something that's like most interesting and most, most fascinating. Yeah. Uh, but maybe um, I start from... Um, kind of not necessarily what we, we, we are working on, but generally at like London Centre of Nanotechnology okay. and generally application of nanotechnology um, in um, like healthcare and biosciences. So coming back to our nanoparticles, a gold nanoparticle, silver nanoparticles that gives colour to the stained glass. Mm -hmm. Actually, the same nanoparticles can be used to 
um, do that biosensing to detect cancer yeah. and then same nanoparticle can be used as localized heat source in order to increase temperature around cancer cell and destroy uh, these cancer cells. Uh, they can be used to uh, encapsulate drugs which can be delivered then to particular parts of the body and then released by shining light of the nanoparticles. So this, this sort of um, uh, nanotechnology applications that are uh, useful in healthcare and, um, and um, biology. Um, in our group, we are working uh, more, so we're doing a little bit like biosensing application and gas sensing application, but our um, significant um, projects, they're focused on application on technology for information processing and data processing, for example, how to make computers faster, mm -hmm. how to make computers consume less energy, mm -hmm. and... Um, how to produce energy using kind of clean clean roots using a kind of photosynthesis type type application and using nanoparticles and nanostructure this this can be achieved so um, so on the one hand you've got making computers more efficient and um, cleaner in terms of energy supply and then the going back to the the healthcare one that you mentioned with the so you're saying that you can ingest a nanoparticle or have it injected well so, so so it's it's very well established um, it's, it's the established process and yeah in the united states and where it went through clinical trials yeah for, for, for different so sort of carcers but actually you take uh, Primarily, people are working with gold nanoparticles okay. for various reasons, for like non-toxicity reasons. Yeah. Then you can functionalize um, these gold nanoparticles with some molecules and at the surface. Yeah. That uh, if um, and then inject them in the bloodstream. I they see. go with the blood. They attach themselves to tumor cells, and then you can detect first of all the tumor there. Then, if you uh, if you shine light, of course, it should be something uh, quite close to, uh, to to the skin because light would not go deep 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 into the body. If, yeah. if you shine light through the skin, but you can use some um, fibers in order to deliver light inside the body as well. So you shine light on these nanoparticles. Mm -hmm. They absorb light. They increase temperature. Temperature is increased, and then cancer cells are uh, killed. So this this way it's, it's applied. And how far away is that from coming into clinical or NHS practice? Oh, so 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 as okay, NHS is different. Yeah. So as I said, <laughs> as I said, in the United States, they 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 went through clinical trials for um, several types of cancers. I, yeah. I, I believe, including prostate cancer. Yeah. And I believe. Um, I think by the state for last month, um, it, it cured at least like around 50 patients okay. in the United States. So, but, uh, but it's one thing, especially in healthcare, you know better than me, physicists, then it's one thing is to demonstrate something, yeah. the other thing to, um, to, to have it widely adopted. Yeah. So I think it's, um, it will happen. Yeah. When will it happen? I don't yeah. know. Hopefully soon. Yeah. I guess um, you know any kind of new therapeutics. The you have to take into account its efficacy relative to existing uh, treatments, and also the the cost benefit relative to those exactly. treatments as well. So, um, how much does a treatment like that cost? 
Oh, I have no idea. But a lot, presumably. I have no. Um, I don't know. I, I think I. I it, it's just my guess. I, I, I'm guessing here. Um, I think it would cost less than chemotherapy. Really? Yeah, because to synthesize this particle yeah. costs not nothing. I see. Costs nothing. It's just yeah. main cost. It's essentially um, injecting them and, and following following procedure. I see. And I guess this is simpler than chemotherapy. Yeah, and I guess the the technology advances quite quickly. At least that's my concept from things such as you know the advance of mobile phones. Mobile phones have yeah. you know changed very quickly, and these technologies are quite scalable, presumably as well in terms of trying to make it, um, you know, on a sort of mass production level? Or oh, in, in terms of number, to, to produce nanoparticles yeah. needed for treatment is no problem at I all. See. It's no problem at yeah. all. So uh, nanoparticle production, metal particles, yeah. semiconductor particles uh, quite cheaply can be produced in a scalable yeah. way using this chemical approaches. I see. If, if we are talking about like nanostructure produced from another approach, like top-down approach, yeah. where you need to create nanostructure starting from bulk material, then it becomes expensive and then there are challenges in scalability. But for nanoparticle production, like for this cancer yeah. uh, applications, so there is no problem with scalability. Cool. I think we probably have to wrap up now, but thank you very much. That was really interesting, and I feel like I've developed a very new insight into something that I'm sure will come into, um, you know, clinical therapeutics soon. Um, aside from cancer treatment, you know, people always talk about things like nanotechnology in terms of, um, you know, recording measurements as well in the human body. Um, that's something, you know, making... Uh, clinical assessment, more data integrated. Is that something you've come across, sort of conceptually? So, so it's not that something that we are working on, and but uh, yeah. but, but but conceptually, you can you can you can imagine yeah. kind of small trans, 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 transmitters yeah. that can be injected, yeah. like that, um, like nanoparticle with yeah. integrated transmitters, yeah. which you can inject. Um, into the body, and then you can collect in it, which will yeah. send information while, yeah. tra while traveling through yeah. the body. So it's that technically, again, it's feasible to do right yeah. now. Um, um, the, the question is for practitioners um, and healthcare professionals yeah. to tell us uh, what what is needed, and yeah. then we can do it. Cool. That sounds really exciting. All right. Thank you very much, and thank we'll you sign very up much now. For having me. No problem. Mm -hmm.